Drag up that diesel. What's good? Welcome to the Big Ben Podcast Playoffs Edition. Playoffs? Playoff? Yep, playoffs, baby. We are there with a um, thanks to the help of the Philadelphia Eagles and Doug Peterson seemingly not wanting to win a football game. Uh, that aside, we might have a little bit of fun at the Giants' expense. That six and ten team that really got screwed, and all their fans made themselves look like a bunch of dorks on the internet. But that aside. We are in the playoffs. We have Tampa Bay coming to FedEx Field this weekend, which means we have a game to preview and some storylines to unpack and unravel. Uh, Ron Rivera spoke to the media via Zoom on Tuesday, and there were some very interesting comments about how some things are likely going to unfold this weekend. Maybe... Maybe, fingers crossed here, we get a blast from the past. And when I say that, I mean like all the way back in the past, not recent memory, because if we get a blast from the past in recent memory, that's a bad thing. We will get to that, though, uh, coming up here. If this is your first time, you can hit me on the Twitter machine at the Denton Day. Subscribe to the Hogshaven podcast feed if you have not already. But let's start with the conversation that every big-time national media talking head is salivating over. They, they, have, they have found their, their main talking point for this game because most people probably not going to do a lot of the research on the actual game itself, but they found their talking point. Chase Young calling out Tom Brady. It's bulletin board material. Oh my goodness, how how could the young rookie come for Tom Brady? He went after the king, one of the greatest football players of all time. What is Chase Young doing? Who the hell cares? I mean, honestly, I have completely shifted my perspective on this scenario because it fits this team. And here's why why I've shifted my perspective. Normally, I would probably be the one to say, hey, you know, Chase, maybe, maybe don't call out Tom Brady. But when you look at all of the details in this game, when you look at the context surrounding who we are as a team playing against Tom Brady in the wildcard rounds of the NFL playoffs, our team is playing with house money right now. Nobody anticipates that we're going to beat Tampa Bay. Nobody thought that this team was going to be here. At one point, what were we, like 1-5 to start the season? We lost to the Giants twice. I called the division over at that point. I was like, we don't have a shot at this. Yet here we are. This team is playing with house money. So if Chase Young, the young rookie who should be defensive rookie of the year, if he wants to call out Tom Brady, YOLO. I don't care. Have a little bit of fun with this. This is sports after all, right? We're allowed to have some fun in the realm of sports. Is that correct? Or am I off here? 
Are we not allowed to have fun? It's like a nine to five strict business. We can't, you know, you go to the bathroom, you go to the water cooler, don't talk at the water cooler, go back to your desk in your cubicle and type on your computer. Is that what we've become here? This is a young, exuberant player who's playing his best football at the most important time of the season. If he wants to have a little bit of fun, have a little bit of fun. I don't care. In fact, it's why I love Chase Young. Because he's not afraid of stuff like that. And if your argument is, well, you're giving Tom Brady bulletin board material, why why would you give Tom Brady bulletin board material? How do you think Tom Brady is preparing for this football game? That's a serious question. Because the last throw that Tom Brady made in the postseason was a pick six. My guess is that if you're looking at bulletin board material, like if you have a bulletin board uh, for Tom Brady in his office at his home or in his locker, wherever he wants to keep uh, his bulletin board where he stashes all of this material, my guess is that's the play on loop. It's not Chase Young. He's not saying, he's not angry at Chase Young. He's watching this interception on loop because as of right now, that's Tom Brady's playoff legacy. I don't think Tom Brady is sitting in the Buccaneers facility, you know, packing his things up on a Wednesday, throwing throwing the bag over his shoulder as he slips into his Uggs, getting ready to walk out the door and think to himself, wait a minute, that young rookie for Washington called me out after leaving a football game. Sorry, supermodel wife and children that I weirdly kiss. Daddy's got two more hours of film study to do. Do do do. Call up the phone. Alex, get me my TB12 supplements. I'm going to be here for a little bit longer. Right, do you think that's how Tom Brady is handling this situation? There might be a comment made in a press conference. Maybe. There might be a comment made on the field on Saturday when we play these guys. That's possible, but the the way that Tom Brady is preparing is not shifting because Chase Young said that he wants Tom Brady. That's just not how I see this unfolding here. Brady is going to prepare no matter what. Chase Young had nothing to do about it. Uh, Ron Rivera, though, was asked about this situation. A very candid response from uh, the head coach of our squad. Here's what Ron had to say. Well, it's going to be bulletin board material. Let's be honest about that. Um, I, I know they'll have fun. They'll have fun with it, um, and you've got to chalk it up to youthful exuberance. Um, but that's who Chase is, and and I do cringe, but at the same time, I smile at it because he loves playing the game, and 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 I think that's that's what it's all about. Uh, you know, as I talked about earlier about Alex, Alex loves playing the game. I want guys that love playing professional football on this team, not guys that love being professional football players. You know the difference? I mean, can you feel the difference? It's, it's about wanting to play the game, loving to play the game, not just showing up in a uniform looking good. I mean, that's what I want. And, and, and that's who Alex is. Um, that's who Chase is. And, and, and that's the kind of guy we want on our football team. So clearly a shot at either someone who was recently on this roster or someone that had been with him in Carolina about the the football play, guys that uh, love being a professional football player, not guys that just love the game. But you get what I'm saying there. There, there, was, a, there was a clear shot there. I love how Ron twisted that, though. That was a very positive outlook at it. Look, Chase Young loves playing football. Alex Smith loves playing football. We have dudes 
on this roster who love playing football. We are not the most talented team in the world, no. But the thing that Ron Rivera has done this season, and I think it's epitomized in this scenario with Chase Young, is that Ron Rivera, in all of his you know military-esque way about doing things, you know, he's changing the culture, we're, we're becoming much more used to winning and things along that nature, Ron Rivera is not afraid to allow guys to be themselves, which I feel like is a stark contrast from previous coaches that we've had here. As long as you are about the work and you show up and you do the work, he does not care if you are yourself. And that is something that I do find very liberating. And I would imagine if you were to ask every single guy in this locker room, guys that are young like Chase Young, or guys that have played with various other coaches at various other teams, or hell, even some of the coaches that we've had with this team, they would say, this is great. This is, this is liberating. Because being yourself allows you to be much more comfortable in doing the thing that you're supposed to do, which in this case is playing football. So I like Ron Rivera's approach to it. He might have a conversation, I'm sure, with Chase Young, say, hey, maybe don't call out Tom Brady, which, again, I get. But this is about fun. Football is fun. Sports are fun. Now Chase Young just has to go back it up. That's the only thing here. If you're going to call out Tom Brady, just go back it up. And serious question here, based on what you have seen Chase Young do for the past four, five, six weeks, seven weeks, really since the game in Detroit, based on everything you have seen about Chase Young since the game in Detroit, do you think he's going to go out there and flop on Saturday? Because I don't. I really don't. He's playing the best football of his young professional career. He's lived up to all of the hype he has become very quickly the face of this franchise which is strange as all hell for a rookie to do but he has done it as long as he goes and he performs on Saturday and again a game that we're not supposed to win with the home field advantage yes we're technically the higher seed we're not supposed to win this game and we're not going to sit here and pretend like we are but that doesn't mean there's not a chance so if Chase Young can go out there and perform Who the hell cares what he said about Tom Brady as he was leaving the field after picking up his first division title? Let's have some fun, people. I mean, come on, lighten the hell up. The biggest takeaway that I saw from last Sunday against Philadelphia, and this wasn't just my biggest takeaway, this was your biggest takeaway if you were actually watching the football game, is that our offense was not good. Alex Smith gave us the best opportunity to win, yes, but it was very clear very soon into the football game, he was not fully 100%. He was good enough to go, and that's a win. He was not 100%, which has begged the question, how much better has he gotten between Sunday and Saturday? It does kind of suck that we get the Saturday game and not the Sunday game, despite the fact that we just played on Sunday night, that would have been the much better game for us in terms of allowing our our team to recover and giving us that extra day of rest and adjusting the schedule according to that. But the question is, how much better has Alex Smith gotten? And I don't know if there is a realistic answer. I I would say Alex Smith is probably the one that knows his body the best. We could sit here and talk about percentages all we want, but that doesn't really mean anything. Can Alex Smith move? And if he can't, what is the backup plan? Well, 
I teased at the start of the podcast, the start of the episode here, this is a blast from the past. And uh, unfortunately or fortunately, it's not a blast from the past where I was even here for, but we have to go pre-my time. Remember, I'm a bit on the younger side here. But all the way back to the Doug Williams, Jay Schroeder time period because Ron Rivera was asked and openly stated there is a possibility that we could do the rotating quarterback situation on Sunday if Alex isn't giving the offense what it needs. You know, honestly, the thing that we have to be willing to do and and, and we have to really think about is whether or not to rotate him in and out with with uh with Taylor. I mean we we have to Definitely look at that. We, we, you know, it's, I mean, there's nothing you can do. But I mean, that's the truth of the matter. Um, we're going to play a very aggressive defense uh, this week. And, you know, obviously it's something we most certainly have to look at. So absolute best case scenario, this is Doug Williams and Jay Schroeder. Now, I was not alive. I don't remember all of like the intricate details of that situation with Williams and Schroeder. I've seen America's game. I've listened to Doug Williams talk about it. I know he was the guy. Schroeder wasn't. Doug won won us a championship. I know all of the key parts and the important details, but I don't know all of the details. I don't know the intricate details. What I do know is that personally speaking, I hate rotating quarterbacks. I've seen it done at the high school level when I covered high school sports. I've seen it done at the college level. I covered college sports and still do cover college sports. We have seen various teams for, you know, small percentages and small amounts of times in the NFL try something similar. I don't think that rotating quarterbacks one every series is the way to go about this. But I also don't know if that is specifically what Ron Rivera is alluding to. Uh, what I think he is saying What I think Ron means is that he is not going to be afraid to yank Alex if it is very clear that the calf is still an issue, that his mobility is still an issue. Because one of the great things about Alex Smith when he is playing healthy, when he was playing, you know, in his quote unquote prime is his ability to move the pocket, is his ability to extend plays. And we've seen that even this season. Well, he's not, I don't know if he will ever be prime Alex Smith healthy again, just based on uh, the injury that we have heard numerous things about. I mean, we know the injury better than all of the talking heads uh, nationally know it. We, we saw it. We saw this whole thing unfold. He will never be prime Alex Smith again. But even this season, you've seen that mobility. And I've gotten a whole lot more comfortable watching him play because of that. But now due to this calf injury, I think what Ron Rivera is saying here is we are not going to be afraid to yank Alex Smith. Uh, Now, over the course of Alex's career, and this is why it does give me like this weird sliver of hope, and that's kind of uh, aided by the small sample size we have seen from Taylor Heineke didn't look bad. In fact, he looked very, very impressive in that small sample size. But the unfortunate reality about Alex's career to this point, I mean, he's played for three teams. Uh, he got he kind of lost his job, got it taken away from him in San Francisco. And the guy that he lost his job to ended up leading the team to a Super Bowl. Uh, Similar in Kansas City, he lost a job to Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes became this MVP that led the team to a Super Bowl. I'm not saying Taylor Heineke is the guy that's going to lead this 7-9 Washington football team to the Super Bowl, but 
if we want to stay consistent here with the narrative, by all means, I mean, let, let's try it out here, right? I mean, if let's just see if, you know, we extend this for a, a third team here. If Alex isn't ready and isn't 100% healthy, put Heineke in there and maybe there is some magic in Taylor Heineke. I don't know what we would call said magic. I mean, we have Fitz magic in Miami. I don't know if Heineke magic has anywhere near of the uh, the roll off the tongue ability as Fitz magic does. But I mean, wh- why not, right? Why not? Let's see what this Heineke kid is made of if it's clear that Alex isn't there. Now, I'm not saying just pull Alex to put Heineke in here. Like, I like Heineke, but I'm not riding for him in that sense. I still think Alex, if he is mobile, gives us the best chance to win. But it was very clear that we almost didn't seem to want to win against Philadelphia because the offense could not move the football. We should have had so much more success. That should have been... It should have been a blowout. It should have been a a payback game for uh, the Monday Night Massacre or whatever stupid-ass nickname they gave that. I hate seeing those replays. You hate seeing those replays. That should have been a repayment for that years later, and it wasn't because the offense could not get things going. If that's the case again against Tampa Bay, there needs to be a change because we're playing with house money. You might as well just see what you got here. We don't know if Alex is going to be back next season. And it's weird, yes, to suggest we should be doing tryouts for next season in the middle of a postseason game while you're playing Tom Brady, a team in Tampa Bay that might be one of the Super Bowl favorites or at least the team to come out of the NFC. It does seem weird to start switching your quarterback up then, but I get what Ron Rivera is trying to do in that scenario and there's not really a right answer which which uh, which really really sucks like there isn't a right or a wrong answer here you kind of just have to fly by the seat of your pants which is dangerous yes but the decision needs to be swift that's the only thing that I, I'll say on that one. When that decision comes, it needs to be a, a swift one because you can't just do all right Alice is going to get one series. Then Heineke's going to get another one. Then we'll go back to Alex if that one doesn't work. And then Heineke, and you can't rotate because from an offensive standpoint, it's exceptionally hard to build a, a rhythm in that. And also, it's not a preseason game. Like, that's big-time preseason energy if you're actually doing one series per guy, which I don't think is what Ron is trying to do here. He's just saying, we are not going to be afraid to pull Alex if it's clear that Alex can't go. But from everything that we've been told so far, at least on this Wednesday, and based on the fact that Alex Smith played this past weekend, it seems like he should be good to go to at least start the football game, which does give me a sense of hope and and optimism here. Now, it's only Wednesday, so we don't know all of the ins and the outs in terms of who is actually going to be playing. When you look at Tampa Bay's roster, the the big name that most people are going to focus on, and understandably so, is Mike Evans. Will he play? Won't he play? But if you've watched Tampa Bay at all this season, their offense is stacked to the gills. I mean, even without Mike Evans, they have Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown. Brown, by the way, is starting to get into a real rhythm with Tom Brady. He had his best game of the season against Atlanta after Mike Evans went out. Uh, they still have Gronk, and you know our history about covering tight ends, playoffs, regular season, preseason. We have a very, very big Achilles heel on defense, which is covering the tight end. I don't care how old or beat up Gronk is. He's still Rob Gronkowski. And they have a number of different running backs that are going to be able to make plays here. So their offense is stacked 
with or without Mike Evans, but certainly from our perspective, if Mike Evans can't go this weekend, that's a big time win for us. So continue to monitor that one as the week progresses here, as the days uh, go by, because no Mike Evans makes our job defensively just a little bit easier. Brady has only been sacked 21 times this season. Obviously, we'd like to see that number rise a little bit, although technically uh, the season total of sacks have stopped counting. But we want to get after Tom Brady. Let's put some pressure on him. Let's get the interior guys on that defensive line. Let's help them out a little bit. Because if you watch a lot of the games that Tom Brady has lost in the postseason, a lot of it starts with interior pressure. Not all of it. I mean, with the Denver Broncos a few years ago, uh, the Peyton Manning year where they carried a broken Peyton Manning to the Super Bowl, a lot of that was Von Miller, but they had great interior pressure as well. Both of the Super Bowls that he lost to the New York Giants, they beat him by getting in his face and doing so early, not allowing him to step up in the pocket. We know what we have on our defensive line. Montez Sweat and Chase Young are going to get the the brunt of the attention, especially leading up to this game. But let's see John Allen and Deron Payne. Let's see them make Tom Brady's life a living hell. It's easier said than done, yes. But those are going to be two guys critical to this week's operation. And if we want to pull the upset, those two guys have to have a really, really strong performance. And you can throw Tim Settle in there as well. I don't want to leave him out there. So those three guys, Settle, Allen, and Payne, they are the ones that are really, in my eyes, going to dictate whether or not we win or lose this game and we can pull off the upset. If the game is close, I think it favors us. I know that's weird because Tom Brady's on the other side, but if the game is close, that means something that they're doing offensively isn't working. If it's a blowout, they're going to blow us out. We aren't blowing Tampa Bay out, but I do think there is a chance, albeit a small one, but I do think there is a chance that in a close game, if things go the right way, Washington will be able to dethrone uh, Tom Brady, not dethrone because he's not even on a throne, but beat Tom Brady and Maybe, just maybe, force the dude into retirement. My guess is he probably plays another year with Tampa Bay. And it does suck, I will say, that no fans are going to be there because this might be one of the last times you ever get to see Tom Brady in D.C. Not something that we got to see on a consistent basis because he played so long in the AFC. So that does kind of suck for our fans. But back to the game itself, if it's a close game, I do think that that would be a... a Maybe not favoring us necessarily, but I think our chances to win the game are much better the closer it is on the scoreboard. I, I don't see us hanging 40 on the Buccaneers, but if it's a 23-20 a game, I think maybe, just maybe, we would be the ones with 23. I'd love to know your thoughts. You can hit me up on the Twitter machine at the Denton Day. Who do you think needs to have a big game if Washington pulls off? pulls off the upset over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and what are your thoughts on Chase Young going after Tom Brady hit me up on Twitter at the Denton Day let's have some fun this weekend and who knows maybe the team with house money dethrones and goes after takes down the big bad greatest quarterback of all time in Tom Brady cross your fingers say your prayers and maybe just maybe it'll happen I'll see you this weekend hit me up on the Twitter uh, we'll be having some some fun on the internet I'm out peace <laughs>